0: hangover
1: ricky very interesting week and a half since the last time we recorded
0: yeah yeah we, we had to take the week off last week um because we're all going through stuff in our own personal lives and then we come right back here on what is it tuesday night um and boy have we missed a lot on and off the field uh it, there's a lot of stuff that's going on so let's Let's pause the
1: real world for a second. Let's talk about football. Just well, first of all, sorry, Andrew's
0: not here. Right. Yeah. Andrew, yeah. Let's, start there. You. Yeah, let's start there. Yeah. Andrew is Andrew is um, going out of town uh, in a couple days, something like that. So Andrew's got a lot of stuff going on. Andrew, travel safe. Um, take care. Take care of yourself. But yeah, let's talk. Uh, let's talk football.
1: Yeah, let's talk football for a moment because there is a lot of serious stuff outside of football going on that's much more important than what we're about to talk about. But Ricky, since the last time we <laughs> recorded, Virginia Tech pulled in three recruits, which yes. uh, which is good. That's a good thing. Um, so they pulled in three star uh, athlete Jalen Strowman. Uh, Jalen Strowman, obviously, we talked about in the last podcast, was a guy who. A lot of people were expecting Virginia Tech to land, but it's always good when you get the brother of Greg Stroman in the door. So the Hokies landed him on May the 22nd, a day after this last podcast was released. Uh, The Hokies also landed uh, running back Chance Black last week on May 27th. Uh, Black is a three-star running back out of Dorman, South Carolina. Uh, I'm sorry, Roebuck, South Carolina, Dorman High School. Uh, three-star running back prospect, six one one ninety, does a little bit of everything. Rick, um, good receiver out of the backfield, good runner, you know, very athletic kid. Um, and then finally, the Hokies over the weekend, um, this past uh, Saturday, uh, landed three-star uh, defensive end Matthias Stretch Carroll. Stretch is his nickname. Uh, so, 6. how put three
0: defensive end. How did he get the stretch nickname at 6'3"? Because, I mean, that's not even that tall. Little. He's a a little lengthy. We'll call it that way.
1: And he also mentioned that uh, he got it also from uh, his wrestling background. Um, He's a bit elusive, which is obviously good news, playing defensive end in this new system uh, for Bill uh, Bill length and Daryl Tapp. Uh, The fact that he's elusive on film, um, he's a bit lengthy. I mean, 6'3", 220, again, he's not, you know, this crazy freak athlete on film, but he does look pretty good. Um, Pretty solid wingspan and a guy who can definitely press the edge was something for Jane tech's defensive line is going to need moving forward.
0: Yeah. And uh, I I can't remember who it was, but somebody made a point on Twitter that I think is, is worth uh, just bringing up quickly is that tech does seem to be going bigger on the defensive line out the gate. So for, for people that have been following Tech recruiting for a long time, you'll, you'll know that in the prime of the Beamer years and um, really all the way up until even most recently in the last one to two seasons, uh, Virginia Tech has primarily recruited smaller defensive ends. Um, they Even if they were 6'2", 6'3", they were generally like 215, 220 coming out of high school tops. Um, a lot of those guys were even um, even smaller, and by the time that they got to the the collegiate level and spent a year in the weight in the weight room and in the conditioning program, they were about two twenty five, two thirty, and that was kind of the the average defensive end. I mean, Daddy Nicholas is one of the better defensive ends of the last ten years in Blacksburg, and Daddy was, was probably two twenty five, absolutely soaking wet, right? So. Um, Tech has always kind of built their their program on undersized defensive linemen even even in the middle at defensive tackle but if you look at the kind of bodies that Virginia Tech has brought in over the last two years and last year's recruiting class and the current class that's still being built they definitely seem like they're bringing in guys who are already bigger um, when they get here so you get a guy like Robert Wooten and Alec Bryant. I think both of them were about two thirty-five, two forty as um, as high school players, meaning they're probably going to be about two fifty-five, two sixty after a year in the college weight room. Um, Carroll is listed at two twenty now, uh, so he's probably going to be in the two forty-five range, which is about where Taiwan Garbutt is. And I think Taiwan Garbutt is going to be considered a small defensive end at Virginia Tech. Um, in the not-so-distant future because they're they're really trying to get bigger at that position.
1: Yeah, so Carroll becomes the first defensive end commit in this class. He's the fifth now over the last two classes. Uh, Hokies pulled four defensive ends in last year's class. Obviously, Virginia Tech's in the running for several defensive linemen here um, in this 2021 recruiting class. They're obviously looking at Landon Watson out of Texas, um, who's now considered a high-end three-star from 24-7, uh, four-star Naquan Brown. Uh, is another guy that the Hokies are looking at, at defensive end specifically. And then Calvin Gilliam, more of an interior defensive lineman. But another guy who's obviously really athletic and could add a lot to the defensive front for Virginia Tech. I mean, the Hokies coaching staff is hoping that Carroll kind of springboards um, Virginia Tech's defensive line recruiting. Carroll's a guy who was a high-priority recruit uh, for uh, Virginia Tech's defensive line, at least in this 2021 recruiting class. Um, Tech's hoping they find a a bit of a diamond in the rough, and Carroll obviously is a very good athlete, but um, how he's ranked is a mid-tier three-star. Now, with all that being said, I I think the one thing that is encouraging is um, there has been interaction on Twitter uh, between Carroll and other uh, Virginia Tech defensive line recruits, so there's some guys out there that are a little bit more highly rated that are very interested in Carol and his destination. the fact that he chose Virginia tech, I think is an encouraging sign. If you put some stock into that, who knows what to put stock into at this point, but if you're putting any stock into that, that's encouraging at least. Yeah.
0: It's hard to take anything for certain with recruiting, right? I mean, we've, we, we've witnessed firsthand this recruiting cycle, just how quickly things can change. For sure. It's <laughs> like nods his head. Um, so it's, None of these three commitments are bad, obviously. Um, Definitely and, not. And tech fans should try to remain optimistic about each of these three prospects. Um, but as we were talking about before we press record, uh, none of the three really move the needle, right, and and make a significant difference in how this recruiting class is going to be viewed come December or February. Um, Jalen Stroman is, I believe, in the 600s, Um in terms of national player uh, six forty seven Rick. Yeah Chance Black is just inside the top thousand and uh Matthias Carroll is at seven thirty-two. So you're not getting guys that have much acclaim. And if you look at their offer lists, it's kind of the same situation. Uh Jalen Strowman uh has a few power five offers, Duke Indiana uh and in tech uh chance black uh, Tech is his only publicly listed Power 5 offer. Matthias Carroll has Boston College and Duke and then also has an offer from Cincinnati as a G5 school. So um, offer lists are something that I really like to look at and, and to kind of get an idea as to what level of prospect is. Um, and the offer lists on these guys aren't great, but their, their recruiting ranking, like you said, makes a mid-tier three-star guys. Um, and you have to have those guys in the class because not only do they make up a, a large majority of your roster, um, you can still find uber productive players out of that that range.
1: Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, people say, "Oh, yeah, take recruiting rankings with a grain of salt." I think Ricky, you and I have been the most vocal on this podcast. Like,
0: recruiting rankings are pretty darn accurate nowadays. Like they've, they're pretty good. Yeah, like they they've gotten a lot better, and part of that is because. Um, these, first of all, 247 arrivals are so big now that they, they've they invested a lot of, of time and money and manpower into getting eyes on these kids early. Uh, and, and you'll notice that a lot of kids will get these high uh, recruiting rankings as freshmen or sophomores. And then by the time the end of their junior season rolls around, nobody's talking about them. Um, that's because they didn't pan out and these recruiting sites figured that out and they realized that their projection was a bit off and they adjust the projection. So when you get to a a player's end of the junior year or midway through the senior year, by that point, these recruiting sites have seen enough of the player that they have a pretty good idea as to exactly what he's going to be going into the, into the collegiate level. Now that's certainly not 100% accurate, they have a ton of four- and five-star guys that don't make it. They miss on a ton of three-star prospects. But by and large, if you go by the statistics, these four- and five-star guys have a much higher chance of going to the NFL and being a first-round draft pick than a player who's a three-star recruit. So um, ultimately, it, it's, it's a battle of odds, right? Because if you if you fill your program with enough four- and five-star guys, the odds that those are going to develop into studs on the field is much higher than it would be if you're going to fill your program with mid-tier three-star guys. So um, again, it's important to have these kinds of players in the class. But that being said, um, we, we shouldn't look at these three commitments as um, a, a huge change in terms of Virginia Tech's recruiting landscape. And, and that's and that's not to say it's, it's not a positive. Right.
1: You can you can miss on top guys, right? Like top prospects, you you know, these recruiting services can miss on those types of guys. They can miss on the three and four star guys. But the one thing I'll advise you all, um, if you really love recruiting and want to learn more and and educate yourself a bit more on recruiting, don't listen to guys like me and Ricky. Listen to a guy like Bud Elliott from 24-7. Bud Elliott used to actually be a part of SB Nation um, before moving over to 24-7 more recently. Um, He developed something when he was at SB Nation called the Blue Chip Ratio. Um, It's something that measures the amount of blue chips going to kind of these top schools and how that corresponds to a team's ability to make the college football playoff and national championship games and big time bowl games. Go check that out. And you'll understand that, you know, when you look at that metric, um, the teams that are consistently pulling in these top tier five-star guys or these mid-tier, I I always like to put that in quotes, mid-tier five-star guys, because any (laughs) five-star prospect is going to enhance the program. But anytime you get a five-star guy in the fold, um, what it does for a program is astronomical, right? Because a majority of the time, those five-star guys hit. It's very rare that five-stars don't pan out to at least being good players at the collegiate level. So educate yourself. Go check out Bud Elliott 3 on Twitter. Um, Go check him out. Um, he's very, very good on the recruiting scene, so I want to plug him a little bit. Um, but, Ricky, yeah, like you mentioned, these three guys, they aren't going to move the needle in terms of like recruiting ranking for Virginia Tech. Doesn't mean they can't be good players. In fact, I think all three have a chance to contribute just because the positions are coming in at. Jalen Strowman. if he's as elusive on the field and, and as, as collegiate-ready, um, he, he seems to be more collegiate-ready than Greg was coming out of high school. That's a good sign. Um, if he could be any good anywhere close to what Greg was uh, at Virginia Tech. Matthias Carroll, uh, because of his skill set and the athletic system he brings to defensive end, he seems like he could be a good prospect in Chance Black because of what he can do and his versatility out of the backfield. The fact that he can run, that he can catch, he's fielded kicks, he's fielded punts in, in high school, he's done a little bit of everything. Um, that alone, I think, plays well to the collegiate level, but you know, these are all three-star guys, so you got to take that with a grain of salt as well.
0: And for... For Virginia Tech, I think it's important to what while we say that these guys can be good players, it's important to also acknowledge the fact that Tech is 46th currently in the 247 composite rating, and that's 12th in the ACC. Um, Neither of those are neither of those marks are good, and uh, we should call that out. Uh, That's not to say that they can't improve, it's June and. A lot of these kids who normally take spring visits haven't been able to take spring visits thanks to COVID. Um, but at the moment, the class, though better than last year's class, is only better in a semi marginal fashion. And it's not quite the improvement that I think many tech fans were led to believe was coming.
1: Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I. <laughs> You know, there were the recruiting sites such as 24-7 writing the stories about how Virginia Tech was on the midst of a recruiting surge um, about a month and a half ago, and that didn't really come to pass. And Demetrius Davis decommits, but I I will give Virginia Tech staff credit. Uh, They have been able to pull in four recruits over the last, I don't know, two and a half weeks, which I think is... You know, nobody nobody is to the level of Demetrius Davis, so let's not pretend like they all of a sudden pulled in four four star guys. But I think that was a good response, at the very least, to Demetrius Davis's decommitment. They were able to keep LaTrell Neville in the fold, um, pull in a handful of recruits Jalen Jones, um, Jalen Stroman. God, there's so many Jalen's in this class. For <laughs> um, they were able to pull in Jalen Jones, Jalen Stroman, Chance Black. Uh, and, and, of course, Matthias Stretch Carroll, which I think is is a good response to what was happening um, and, and how we thought this might turn, at least in terms of this recruiting class, uh, when Demetrius Davis decommitted. So hopefully the Hokies can at least build off of these four commitments and continue to kind of keep the momentum, and at least pull in some more three-star guys and hopefully, you know, maybe pull in a handful of four-star guys to kind of route out this recruiting class. So uh, we'll see what happens. Ricky... We're going to enter a tough discussion here, and this is something that kind of goes beyond, beyond football. Um,
0: yeah, something I mean, beyond that, beyond athletics
1: as a whole. Yeah, really. beyond athletics as a whole. And and you know what? I I feel like I feel like we would be doing our listeners a disservice if we didn't talk about the biggest story in the news right now. And it's it's not COVID anymore. Um, it was no, COVID. no, it's not. It was COVID for the better part of the last three, three and a half months. Um, but now it feels like COVID is so far removed from the news cycle. It's still a thing. It's still out there. It's still plaguing, you know, college athletics and you know the livelihood of you know so many Americans are dying from this disease. But I'd be remiss if we didn't talk about this. So let's dive into a difficult discussion because it's something that not a lot of people have been able to do um, up until last week or so. So George Floyd was an African-American man, um, that, uh, was apprehended and was killed by Minneapolis police officer, Derek Chauvin, um, in a very inhumane way to put it lightly, lightly. Um, Chauvin knelt, um, on Floyd's neck for almost nine minutes and killed him. That was on May 25th. Um, Chauvin, a white male, uh, kneeling on the neck of George Floyd a black male um, it's just another example unfortunately Ricky um, of you know a white police officer uh, using brute force on a black male that has you know once again kind of taken hold of the news cycle and this one was you know no pun intended very black and white um, it was something that was very clear and obvious that should have been handled differently, and there are several cases of that uh, in the past. But this one, I think, was so just so plain and simple, and right in front of our very eyes, and you know, so outrageous that it's taken grip of the American news cycle, and rightfully so. Um, and you know, I I faced some criticism on Twitter, and and Ricky it's It's always tough to broach these discussions as as two white guys, right, (laughs) with the podcast. And and we'll loop Andrew in there as well, obviously, as our third. But um, I will never I'm going to preface this by saying I will never um, understand um, what African-Americans in in society have have gone through. Um, I'll never pretend to understand it. I've never walked in their shoes and they've never walked in mine. So let's start with that. Um, I am not an expert on this. The one thing I've learned growing up as a Christian is that I I should treat everybody fairly and with respect and treat people well. Um, That's something that, you know, my parents instilled in me and something that I've tried to carry forward with me, you know, as I've grown up and, you know, in my personal life now as a 27 going on 28 year old white guy. With that being said, like, this is a very, very difficult situation on a number of levels. And, I want to approach this because we all know right from wrong it's it's very clear that what was done to George Floyd was wrong. and you know whether or not he committed a crime is is kind of beyond you know beyond the discussion here. Um, you know, the fact that he was killed while being apprehended and being arrested is outrageous that's clear and that's inarguable and, and something we can, you know, not only you and I can agree on, but I, I think everybody can agree on, but we're in a very difficult moment in our society. And I think we all need to do better. Number one, but number two, um, Ricky, before I get your general thoughts on that, I, I also want to broach this from, you know, the college athletic department standpoint, because, you know, we have this podcast about Virginia tech athletics and Virginia tech a backlash over the last few days because they weren't the first ones to release a statement. They weren't, you know, coming out and, you know, decrying or, um, you know, they, they were coming out and saying, you know what, this is, this is bad. This is obviously something that shouldn't happen. We need to be better as a society. And a lot of athletic departments and football programs, et cetera, made those claims and, and made those statements before Virginia Tech did. And a lot of people were criticizing Justin Fuente and the coaching staff for that, for a number of reasons. um, But what I would say about this entire thing, Ricky, is number one, we have to be better as a society. We have to treat people better. We need to do this regardless of color, you know, nationality, religion, whatever it may be. We just need to be better, number one. But number two, I mean, I think the backlash, you know, at Virginia Tech for not being the first to release a statement is absolutely outrageous. So, you know, Virginia Tech, let's say they release a statement, you know, saying, OK, this is this is a bad thing like they did. They said, this is horrible. We need to be better. You know, um, we need to, you know, come together as a society for the greater good. They released that bland statement like everybody did. And at the end of the day, like what difference does it make if they were first, if they were 12th, if they were 17th, if they were 30th to release that statement? At the end of the day, we all need to be better. And that's the bottom line, in my opinion.
0: Yeah. Um... So yeah the, the, there's there's a lot to unpack here. Um will we'll start from the top. What happened to George Floyd was abhorrent. Um it was um absolutely disgusting. And I I haven't really slept well the last week or so. You know, I I, I just I've, I'm not really feeling all that great about things right now. Um I'm not feeling great about our ability as a country to um, unify and, and and fight for what's what's right and what's proper, um, and it's it's extremely disappointing as someone who absolutely loves and is absolutely blessed to be born in the United States, um, and. I'm just shocked at everything that's happened since then, um, and it's it's certainly shaken me to my core, um, both mentally and emotionally. Um, in in regards to Virginia Tech, I, I agree with you. I, I've never really been a, a big fan of using your your social media account to try to make yourself to be the the most virtuous person. I think what you do in your actual life is infinitely more important. Um, Over the last week, I've tried to talk with, you know, friends of mine, um, people that I, I I don't interact with on an, on enough frequent basis um, just to kind of see where they're at and, and let them know that I do care about them. Um, and no matter what some people may say, um, I, I want them to succeed in life and I, I will support them the best I can. And um, I, I just want to have a better mutual understanding of where everyone comes from. Cause I think that that's kind of the, the big issue right now is that uh, th- 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 there are a lot of people that just don't want to listen. Um, and um, it's, it's sad. It, it, it really hurts. What's going on right now? Um, w- watching the news on a nightly basis, it's um, it, it's, it, it's it's the hardest thing I've ever witnessed. You know, we were talking about this before we started recording. I'm I'm a bit too young. I'm I'm, I'm going to be 26 uh, next month, and I'm I vaguely remember 9/11. I was in second grade. I remember being ushered out of school. I remember my dad coming to pick me up. Um, and me not really, really comprehending exactly what was going on. I remember watching the news and watching the the planes hit the towers over and over again. I just, I, I just kind of ingrained in my head. But I was so young that I didn't really understand the societal impact of what was happening. And I, I think I'm old enough now uh, to understand exactly what's going on and just to watch our society fracture as much as it's fractured um not not just now but over the last dozens and dozens of years uh it's it's very sad um but i think what's to, to, to kind of circle this back and to bring it back to virginia tech which is what people come here to listen about um what you do off the keyboard is so much more important than what you do on it um They, when Tech issued their statement, they they talked about how they had a team meeting about this, and I think that that's infinitely more important than them even putting anything on Twitter, right? I mean, the fact that they were able to come together on you know on video chat with this pandemic going on, and to me, that was the most important thing that happened, right? So this is this is word for word what Virginia Tech put out on on um, on social media says, earlier today, we conducted a team meeting on Zoom to discuss the pain that hate, uh, racism, and violence continue to cause in our nation, and specifically, the heartbreaking images of George Floyd taking his final breath, breaths before his senseless death. All members of the Virginia Tech football program remain firmly committed to being part of the solution to these issues. As a team, we vow to uphold the principles of unity, inclusion, and social justice. While we as coaches, players, and staff members come from many diverse backgrounds, we stand together as Hokies to serve as an example of how we can all work and live together in harmony. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with that statement. I think it's perfectly fine. It's it echoes what we've seen from many different teams and coaches and businesses and, and corporations and influencers and and everyone. Um, and I, I, it's it, it was frustrating. To, to see Virginia Tech take criticism for being a, a day behind someone else on social media. I mean, I, I saw that Tech put something out on social media before Doc Rivers. Does anyone think that, that Doc Rivers doesn't care about what's going on right I, now? I agree. I mean, th- th- that man has probably seen infinitely more... Pain and suffering that I have, and maybe than I ever will. I don't know. Um, but Doc Rivers was late relative to the standard. So are we just gonna act like Doc Rivers doesn't give a shit? Like no, Doc Rivers cares. Doc Rivers is is obviously troubled by what's going on, and I think so is everyone at the Virginia Tech program. Everyone in the country is troubled. I mean, find me one person who doesn't watch that or watches that video and doesn't just shake at at what they're watching that their heart just doesn't drop i mean i i haven't found anybody yet have you no and and that's and that's the thing ricky right like
1: we we broached the subject and you know there you know people will find ways to nitpick what we're saying just because people just like people have found ways to nitpick what people are saying on social media and the, the one thing you mentioned there you know what people do off of the keyboard is so much difficult is so much more important excuse me than what people do
0: on the keyboard it, it the is keyboard. more difficult too it is what you what you do in your life and how you treat people and how you have these discussions and how you find common understanding and 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 mutual respect it's so much harder than putting out a 140 character statement on Twitter. Right. And it's also way more meaningful. And to me the most important thing that we can take from this is that like you said Mike w- w- we have to come together as as a country and as a nation and as a people um and we have to fight for each other and we have to to try and understand one another and 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 try to um put ourselves in their shoes and 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 see things from their perspective and i am not going to comment on the political ramifications of this this is not a political podcast Um, frankly, I don't think anyone gives a shit about my political opinions and I don't blame you for doing so. Um, but the, the, the important takeaway here, I think is that I'm, I'm confident in Justin Fuente's ability to make his players feel like they're loved and that they're, that they're cared about and that, um, he will elevate them and give them a platform to speak their mind because we've already seen it before, not on this level, but Justin Fuente held a team meeting at the end of the 2018 season and took criticism from all angles and rather than ignore it or, or be stubborn, Justin changed some things and and tried to to listen to the wants and needs and the thoughts of his players and i'm confident that he is doing that now i'm confident that the athletic department is doing that now um and it it, it was it was it was so disheartening to see people use the de- the the awful senseless death of george floyd to take yet another shot at Justin Fuente, who I have criticized many, many times, both in writing and on this podcast. Um, And I do it when I think he's deserving of it. And I wholeheartedly disagree with any criticism that came his way for, for this.
1: What it comes down to, to me, Ricky is I, I implore everybody, all the listeners of this podcast, um, be a good person, right? Like, don't be an asshole, be a good person. Um, that will go a long way. And do whatever you believe is the right thing to do. It's clear, like, through all this, what the wrong things to do are. Like, the wrong thing to do is to kill innocent people, or kill people even committing small crimes in the course of a, of, in the course of an arrest, right? Um, you know, George Floyd uh, was, you know, not a guy who did not have a criminal record. But this goes so far beyond that. It's unbelievable. It doesn't matter what he had done in the past and what he had done currently. Like, this wasn't an arrest. This was a murder. Like, let's be clear with that. Right. This was a murder. Um, and there is a right way and a wrong way to handle things. Right. This was ugh, wrong. Way is putting it lightly, and this goes so far beyond that. Do the right thing, right? Bottom line is do the right thing, and that goes on on multiple levels. You know, if you believe doing the right thing is is putting out, you know, Blackout Tuesday on Instagram, which I've seen today. You know, people are you know going silent on social media, um, Instagram, Twitter, what have you. If you think that that's going to make a difference, do that. You know, if you think um, you know protesting is. Uh, going to going to make a difference, do that. Um, if you think donating to different movements um, and you know different you know performing in different fundraisers and giving money to different sorts of um, charities and foundations and things of that nature is going to make a difference do that. Um, if you think that helping others one way or another through a time of need or through a hard time, regardless of color, um, is is going to make a difference. Do that. Bottom line is, do whatever you believe is best, and, and do whatever you perceive uh, to be the right thing. Like, do that. Don't engage in rioting. Uh, don't engage in looting. Don't engage in killing. Don't be an asshole. Like the one thing I can down. say to everybody is to just. Do the right thing and treat people with with respect. And I and you know what I, I believe black, white, brown, purple, whatever you may be, whatever religion you may be, I, I think that will go a long way and that would make a real difference.
0: Deep down people know in their heart if if it's right or wrong. I I I truly believe that. I mean, people will engage in a lot of mental gymnastics to try and justify doing something that deep down they know they shouldn't be doing. Um, that, that, that happens on a daily basis for all of us. Uh, I think we've all done that. I think we've all mentally justified something that we know we shouldn't be doing. Um, so I, I, I implore people to dig deep into their hearts and try to find a way that they can make the world a better place and Make it something that's meaningful and lasting. Um, have, have a conversation with somebody that you haven't talked to in a while. Check in on them. See how they're doing. Um, if it's someone that you do talk to on a regular basis, tell them that you love them. Tell them that you support them. Tell them that you you want them to grow as an individual and you want them to become better and and that you were, you are were willing to help as much as you can to make that happen. Um, someone you disagree with, tell them you love them. Tell them that no matter your views on various topics, that you're still a child of God, and that we're all we're all in this together, and we can we can make it through our disagreements to to make the world a better place. And um, I I I pray that we are able to come out of what seems to be the abyss right now. Um, and, and find a way to unify rather than to disintegrate. Cause what I've seen over the last week, um, scares the absolute shit out of me. Um, and I understand a lot of people have been feeling that way for a while. Um, um, and I, I'm hopeful that we can find it in our hearts to to stop doing things that are unproductive, and to um, to figure out how we can positively impact the world around us. Because if you if you focus on your local situation, and everyone does that, it, it's it, it's It's insane what we can all do if we all just try to help the people around us.
1: Yeah, I I challenge you all to do the right thing, even when it's difficult. Um, It takes a lot of courage to do so, but I do think it would go a long way. Um, Have that difficult conversation with people. Um, You know, go outside of your comfort zone if you believe it's for a cause that's for the greater good. I think doing those things together and collectively and, you know, we're just a podcast, you know, and we go out and, you know, we, we talk to, you know, all these individuals on social media, listen to us and we engage with those people and we appreciate all of our listeners, obviously. And we're only a small piece of this greater puzzle. Um, so, you know, I encourage you all to, to go out, do do what you believe is best um, however you approach a situation. I, I think we can all agree, um, you know, whether or not, you know, you believe that there's a right or wrong way to go about things or, you know, there's a different angle to approach things or, you know, you believe in a Republican or Democrat or Green Party or independent or whatever it may be, black, white, brown, you know, whatever color you are, whatever religion you are. You know, there are different ways to approach things, um, but I think we can all agree that as a society, we could do a lot better than we're doing right now. So I implore you all to, you know, go out and, and try to make a difference and try to be better people, um, you know, today, tomorrow, the next day than you were the day before. I think that alone will go a long way, Ricky.
0: Mike, did you ever play on a, on a, on a sport team or an athletic team? <laughs> so many. I can't even count. OK, OK. So a lot of us have right um and I, at various levels of course um when you're on a team with somebody like that you're 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 usually put on that team with people you don't know yep um people that you may not listen to the same music as you don't think the same way um you do different things in your free time um you do your hair different um, your skin color may be different. There's, there's all sorts of things, right? But the, the best teams don't let those divisions make them crumble. I mean, it, it, it may sound corny to some people, but the movie, remember the Titans is, is, is a special movie because of the message it sends, you know? Um, and it's still one of my favorite movies to this day because it's such a, a story of, of triumph. And I, I hope that we can get to a point as a country and, um, as, as a world where we can, you know, not have, not harbor hate, you know, and it's just, it, it's, it, the last week plus has been so jarring for me, um, that, it's it's really affected me mentally and i'm doing the best i can to to stay optimistic uh with it and um i, I hope that everyone else is as well. Whew. Okay. Uh 40 minutes into this podcast. I think that's enough for tonight. That was and, and, and yeah, okay. and, and you know what? And if you have if you if you want to tweet at us and and you, you you think that we didn't approach something the way we should have approached it, DM me. Yeah, DM me. Yep. I'll, I'll respond to you. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna to. Not gonna go back and forth with you on on tweets. Social media is not the place to have these kinds of discussions. the The medium does not match the content. Um. So if you if you want to reach out to me or Mike or Andrew about any of this stuff, you can DM me. My email is floating out there somewhere, I don't know. But I'm more than DM me. I'll I'll give you give you my email, I'll give you my phone number. We can we can talk and I'd be more than happy to do that. Um if you if you have if you have any disagreements or you think we did a good job on this, just DM us, man. I I think I think the three of us are some of the most approachable people in person and on social media. And um, some people have taken advantage of that, and I, I actually have, you know, developed a, like a, a social media friendship with a lot of different people because of, of things like that. So, don't, don't hesitate to reach out to us. Mike, Andrew, nor myself are gonna jump down your throat until you're a jackass or anything like that. I might. D- don't, don't count <laughs> me out. Uh, I'm just but, kidding. but yeah, I mean, like w- w- we can. We're all mature enough here where we can have a, a a civil back and forth discussion, whether it be positive or negative. And um I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hate you for it. And I hope you don't
1: hate us for this. So Yeah, I, I mean without doubt. And you know, Ricky's right, DMs are open. Uh I'm very <laughs> I respond to almost everybody on Twitter and that's uh, both a good thing and a bad thing. And sometimes it can get the best of all of us. And that's an area where I need to be better. And that's, I mean, without doubt. Um, but yeah, I mean, let's have that difficult discussion, right? I-, I think we can all be better for it and let's try to understand each other's points of view, even if we disagree. And I think we can all be better down the road and it will improve. You know, we're just, like I mentioned, we're just a small pieces puzzle and we're, we're just a podcast, but, you know, let's have these discussions because I, I think it would be meaningful. Um, I think it would make a difference. Um, and, you know, like I mentioned, I, I implore you all to just, you know, go out this week and, and try to find a way uh, to make the world a better place. And I, I would ask that of each of you every week, um, but especially this week with so much going on, so much negativity, it feels like 2020 has been one giant ball of negativity.
0: Like this let's... year sucked man yeah we're we're not even halfway through this thing, and this year has been absolutely god awful, and yeah. it's god man it it just one one hit after another, and it just seems like it gets progressively worse yeah let's let's just find a way this week,
1: um you know, between now and the next time we record a podcast, you know it'll be the mission of Ricky and I to try to do something small or something big, um, between now and then to make a difference. But I ask that of you all as well. Um, just given kind of where we're at as a society, I think that's the least that we can do at this point, but yeah, uh, tweet us, DM us, uh, drop us a review. Please continue listening. Um, subscribe if you haven't already tell your friends, um, this is the Hokie Hangover podcast. We're usually joined by Andrew Alex. We missed him this week. Obviously, he's got a lot. He's got a ton going on. So um, we, we're appreciative of all that Andrew does for his podcast. Andrew um, will and be back. He'll he be will back. be back. He will be back. He's uh, knee deep in work and preparing for a vacation. So we can understand that. Um, I could use a vacation myself. So <laughs> <laughs> good good for, good for him. Um, we Andrew, We <laughs> Andrew. Um, you know we love you. We're, we're glad you're listening. We know you're listening to this. We're glad you're listening to this. We hope you enjoy your vacation. Um, and we'll talk to you soon, uh, Ricky. Uh, until next week, you can follow Rick on uh, Twitter at Ricky LeBlue. Follow me on Twitter at Mike McDaniel SI. Follow the podcast at Hokey Hangover on Twitter. Again, rate, review, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and
0: we'll talk to you next week. Um, and and real quick, real quick, I'm gonna do a shameless plug here. Um, I have. I had the pleasure of interviewing a, a great individual recently. Um, this, is big. this This story was a lot of fun to write. Um, I actually scrapped my initial first draft of it and completely changed it when I was about 45, 50% of the way through the story. So uh, I, I really enjoyed this. I'm um, looking forward to it going uh, live. That should be happening either Wednesday or Thursday of this week. Um, and I hope y'all will read that go to, um, all Hokies at SI, uh, all of us right there. We've got some, some good football content there already. Uh, Justin Cates did a great interview with Tyrell Roberts, um, of Nebraska comeback fame, (laughs) which if, if you don't, if you don't watch that video regularly, then you're not really like a tech fan. Like that's. Like like as an Orioles fan, I watched the 2014 ALDS game where Delman Young hit the bases clearing double. I was like favored. I watch that. I watch yes. it like once a week. Yep. So go read that interview on uh, at All Hokies and uh, look out for for something coming big from your boy. I think uh, I think everyone will enjoy it. It's real big.
1: It's coming soon. Um, yeah, and make sure to check that out. We got a lot of good stuff going at com. So that's really just an extension of this podcast. Um, so <laughs> if you love this podcast, go support us and everything we write, too, um, at allhookies.com, uh, part of Sports Illustrated. So go check that out. Ricky, we'll talk next week. Yeah, man. Take care of
0: yourself. Um, hold your loved ones tight. And um, we'll uh, we'll trudge through it. Yeah, so we'll we'll talk next week. Everybody, be
1: safe. Um, you know, try to enjoy your week. Try try yeah. to enjoy your week. Uh, it is
0: it is imperative with everything going on in the world that you do your best, your absolute genuine best, to enjoy the rest of your week and enjoy your weekend.
1: Yeah, please, please, for love of God, do something good this week. That's that's all we ask of you on this podcast. Uh, but until <laughs> next time, until next time, Ricky, go Hokies.